Morning, church. Uh, Pastor Tafara is in Cape Town. Uh, I spoke with him yesterday. He sends his love and he misses you. And uh, he's been saying that amazing things are happening in Cape Town. Uh, testimonies, you know, uh, prophecies are coming to pass. And, you know, God is just changing Cape Town. Cape Town will never be the same. Amen. Um, I think just to continue on um, the topic that we've been, you know, we've been receiving in the church is about having a worry-free life. Amen. So we will, I just saw a statement, I think it's an English, uh, English proverb, which says, worrying does not empty tomorrow's, tomorrow of its troubles, but it empties today of its strength. Amen. So it's just an English proverb which says that worrying is like a rocking chair. You will be just doing some movements, but you will not be going anywhere. So that's why the word of God is there for us, because it is the panacea or it is the solution to change our lives. So today we're going to talk about um, one of the things that, um, you know, move away or that assist you from not worrying. We're going to talk a bit about faith today. Amen. Uh, so we're going to go to Romans 3, um, verse 27. Right, this is Apostle Paul. He's talking about faith. And he says that where is boasting then? It is excluded by what law? Of works? No, but by the law of faith. So here we notice one thing that faith is a law. So every government or institution, country, there are laws that govern the running of that company or that company or country. One of the things that, for example, in South Africa, we have certain laws. You cannot do this. There's a speed limit. You can't do this. Right? In the kingdom, we are being told that we have the law of faith. Right? In the world, also, whether you are in South Africa, you are in you know, Europe, there are also laws that govern everyone across the board. You'd agree with me. For example, the law of gravity. You can't function without the law of gravity. You see? So you can't say, ah, to today I want to wake up, I don't want to use the law of gravity. If you do that, you will have a nice time. If you say, I don't want to use maybe the, the, the law of electricity, the law of electricity says if you put your finger into that socket, you get an electric shock. You can't say, because I'm in South Africa, it doesn't apply to me. So there are general laws that apply. For example, this law of faith applies to everyone. Right? So sometimes we ask ourselves, is it possible for us to live a life without the law of faith? I think it's impossible because the Bible says it is impossible. Without faith, it is impossible to please God. Because who must come to God must believe. That he is a rewarder of those that diligently seek him. Can we just open for me uh, Hebrews 11 verse 6. I just want us to look at, at the term that they, the, the writer writes in, in, in this scripture. He says, but without faith, it is impossible. I think that's the only word I've seen in the Bible where he talks about impossibility. When we talk about faith. He says, it is impossible to please him. For he who comes to God must believe. You see the must. It's a must for you to believe. If you are going to God for something, you must believe. It's a military term. It's non-negotiable. 
There is no pity there. You must believe that he is and he is a rewarder of those that diligently seek him. So whatever, whenever we come here, we come to church by faith. We got born again by faith. When we pray for the sick, we pray them by faith. That's the key for the kingdom. It is a law that is in motion. It is a spiritual law that we have to abide by. Whether you are black, whether you are white, you have to abide by this law. Amen. So, if you read, I, I was looking at this because sometimes we want results in our lives. And I saw that faith is a very important tool that we need to have. So, if you read First Corinthians 13, right, Paul talks, he says, if you remember, in First Corinthians talks, he talks about love. Love is kind, love is blind. You know, love is, not love is blind, but love is like this. It talks about various, you know, attitudes of love. But it then says, and, and now abideth faith, hope, and love. He says, these three are the greatest. He says, these three are the greatest. So he says, prophecies will cease. Tongues will cease. There are things will cease. But he says, there are three that remain. That is faith, hope, and love. You see? So these are three principles. Even when we go to heaven, they will still apply. How do you worship God? You worship God by faith. How do you sing? You sing by faith. You see? So these three will apply. So these, these, they, they remain. So we also know, if you go to Galatians, let's go to Galatians 5, verse 6. It says, For in Christ Jesus, neither circumcision nor uncircumcision avails anything, but faith working through love. So faith works by love. So faith basically, guys, it's, it's dependency on God. It's when you put your trust. We were singing today that we put our hope in you. The Lord is the light of my salvation. Whom shall I fear? It's you have knowledge that God is on your side. You see? So faith is when you depend, when you trust on God, not on men. Not on your boss, not on your salary, not on your country of origin, not what, whatever position. It's true dependency on God. When men depend and say, God, you are my only strength. Remember David when he was fighting. David is an example. When we look at Psalm 27, his son Abimelech, his son, wanted to, you know, attack his own father. Saul was after him. Everyone was after him. And he had to run away, he had to run into a cave. And then that's where he came up with the scripture. says, the Lord is the light of my salvation. Whom shall I fear? The Lord is the strength of my life. Whom shall I be afraid of? He says, even if a war rise up against me. Do you hear the term that this man talks about? He says, even if a war. Imagine the whole South African army is after you. You're one man. No aid, nothing. He says, even if a war rise up against me, I will not be afraid. Even if a host encamp around me, I will not be afraid. He says, one thing that I will desire, that I may seek after, is to dwell in the house of God all the days of my life and to behold the beauty of the Lord and inquire in his temple. What a mindset. How can a man not be afraid? We, where, where we come in Zim, we know that if the police say they are visiting your house, Bella, you know that you have a nice time. If the military is saying they are coming to, they are coming after you. Oh boy. But this man had a mindset. 
It is a mindset. It is a conviction when you believe, when you, when you have set up your mind to believe on God. So we said faith, hope, and love. So faith is now. You believe now. That's why the Bible says now faith. So hope, hope is for tomorrow. You see? That's why in love is always. We love always. So faith for now, hope for tomorrow, and love always. Amen. So, you know, one of the things that I, 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 I when I was um, preparing, I wanted to see examples of people who lived by faith in the, in the Bible. So that we, we copy. You know, when you read the Bible, there are certain characters that we need to just look their manner of life. And we need to follow how these people lived. Because these things were written for our learning. You see? So the, there are certain characters that we need as a child of God. You need to follow the way they did things. So we're going to follow one of the characters that you know, we, uh, we picked in this, for, this, for this purpose. We're going to read from, we're going to use Abraham. Right? Um, it says Romans 4 verse 13. Abraham was, was, was on another level. Amen. It says, for the promise that he would be the heir of the world. Stop there. For the promise that he would be the heir of the world was not to Abraham or to his seed through the law, but through the righteousness of faith. This statement, how can God give the whole world to one person? So it means that for the promise that he would be the heir. So when you are an heir, in the law of succession, you are the one who is to benefit from the estate. So God made a will. He willed the world to one man. That man was Abraham and his seed. You see? So we know it's, it's amazing because Abraham, Adam and Eve were told to keep the garden. To keep it, to dress it. But this man was actually given the world. He was given. Abraham was told, yo, you be the oversight. There is a lease. It's like he was given a lease agreement. And he said, okay, you keep the garden. Do whatever, do whatever. But this man, God gave him the whole world. He became the heir. God gave the whole world to Abraham. That's why the Bible says, Abraham believed God and it was accounted to him for righteousness. So let's look there. So, it's possible for God to give you the world. What do you want in your world? What do you need? God gave the world to Abraham. Right. So, I'm going to go again. We're going to come back there. It says that in Romans... Um, let's just go. Can we open? So, let's talk about um, Abraham getting the whole world. So, it says he was given... It was, give, it was for the promise that the world be the heir of the world was not to Abraham or to his seed through the law, but through the righteousness of faith. So it was given to Abraham or to his seed. So if you go to Galatians 3, right, verse 16. So it tells us who is the seed of Abraham. Now to Abraham, Galatians 3 verse 16. It says, now to Abraham and his seed where the promise is made. He does not say and to seeds, as of many, but as of one, and to your seed. Who is what? Christ. So Jesus 
was the seed of Abraham. Right? And we know from Galatians, if you go down to Galatians 3 verse 29. Right? Let's go there, 29. And if you are Christ, then you are what? Abraham's seed and heirs according to the promise. So, are you Christ? Are you Christ? Yes. So, you are Abraham's seed. So, you are part of that inheritance. You are part of that inheritance. So, you benefit from the faith that Abraham and the promise that God gave to Abraham. You see? So, this is our mentality. This is the mentality we must have. The world belongs to you. God, most people are expecting God to do something. God has already done everything. Says, blessed be God who has blessed us with all spiritual blessings. He has blessed us. He is not going to bless us. You know what? Because God where he lives, there is no time. He is a God of eternity. So if he has done already something, it's done. There is no time. He can't say, I'm going to do it next year. Because he has already done. That's why it says, before the foundations of the world. That's why the Bible says the lamp was slain before the foundation of the world. Jesus already died for us before we came. Because where God is, is from everlasting to everlasting. From eternity to eternity. He says a day is like a thousand. A thousand is like a day to me. There is no time with God. He has no time span. He can never be late. He is always on time. So God has already blessed. He is a father who prepares for his children before they come. How is it a mother who is expecting to have a child? They have not done preparation. They do preparation. Mothers do preparation. They book the, the, the hospital. They make everything. They make the, you know, whether it's a kid's room. They prepare everything. for the, When the child comes in, the child will just come and, you know, benefit from, from whatever has been prepared. That's the same modus operandi that God uses. Before you came. That's why the Bible says he knew you before you were formed in your mother's womb. He knew and he had a plan. He says, I know the plans that I have. So he's not like, oh, Tatenda is here. Let me try to make a plan. Let me do something. He's already done it. About your life. You see? So God, he's always a faith God. He's always talking about the future. So we want to talk about Abraham. So this is amazing. So in Romans 4 verse 17. So we know Abraham did not have a child. His wife had passed menopause stage. So they couldn't give birth. Right? So, and this is, this is, this is, this is how God works. He says, as it is written, I've made thee the father of many nations before whom he believed. Even God who quickens the dead and cause those things which be not as though they were. So, this is God. God, we know that he uses Abraham was not Abraham. He was Abraham. That was his first name. And then God is telling him that I have already made you the father of many nations. He's not saying I'm going to make you. He says I've what? I've already made you. So, it means that Abraham here is looking at his situation. He doesn't have a child, but God is telling him, dude, you are the father of many nations. But God is still saying, I'm not going to make you. I have already what? He's a, he's a faith God. And what does he do? This is the modest. So this is the things that we want to learn. He says, so 
he, he says, I have already made you the father of nations. He says, even God, this is what God does. Look at this verse. He says, even God, right, who gives life to the dead. What is dead in your life? He says, and cause those things which do not exist. Can I have it in the King James Version? Is this written, I have made thee a father of many nations before him who he believed, even God who quickens the dead. The word quicken, it makes alive. So whatever that was dead in your, in your life, God can what? Can quicken it up. Can make it alive. Is your finances dead? God can make it alive. Are your relationships dead? God can make them alive. He says, who quickens the dead and calls those things which be not as though they were. This is what God does when he's creating things. He sees that there is darkness. What does he do? He calls forth light. This is what he does. This is what you're supposed to do in your life. What do you do? You call those things that are not as though they are. I, I, I read a story of, of, of Dr. Cho, Dr. Yongi Cho. He says back then in the 1940s, they, he says, uh, you know, because there were no cars, so the, the, the mode of transport that was fancy at that time were bicycles. So he was telling his church, he was teaching them about faith, and he told them that, you know, I got a bicycle. And the church was so excited. He says, okay, uh, we're going to come to your house. We want to see that bicycle. So people, you know, the rumor spread because he was the only man in the village who had a bicycle. So the whole, after the church service, people were not going home. Where were they going? To the pastor's house. And then they saw, they, they looked at the house because they thought, obviously, they would see the bicycle outside. But maybe they thought it was still new. People would steal it. They would put it inside. So see, they went, they saw outside. They saw there was nothing. So they went inside the house. And then the pastor saw that. They, they saw the pastor. Oh, pastor, how are you? We wanted to see the, you know, praise God. You know, God is doing amazing things. We want to see the bicycle. So where is the bicycle? And he said, it's in me. It's inside of me. You see, the, the faith talk. We call those things that are what? Where is your job? The Bible says, Philemon 1.6 says, the communication of thy faith may become what? Effective. Effectual. Right? By acknowledging everything that is what? In you. You see, so that's why, that's why the, the, the preacher in Ecclesiastes says, God has set eternity in their hearts. So everything about your life is in your heart. That's why the Bible says, guard your heart with what? Because out of it flows what? The issues of life. The issues of life are in your heart. You see? So he said, it's in me. And they said, I think this pastor is, 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 is going crazy. That's what faith does. People, when they look at you and you're saying, you know what? I'm going to be a businessman. I'm, 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 I'm rich. I'm successful. They are looking at you and say, dude, where is the success? Because the world waits for things to manifest. And then they, they put a, 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 you know, a, a tag on those things. But we are not of the world. We are different. We have a different mindset. We call things that are not as though they are. What do you need to call? What do you need to call in your life? The power is in your mouth. This is, this, this is what God does. He quickens the dead. And he calls those things. You call finances. You see, most miracles are done by your mouth. 
How were people blessing each other in the New Testament? When, 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 when Isaac was about to die, he called his children. He did not give them physical. says, these are the sheep, these are the cattle. What did he use? He used words. He blessed them. You shall be strong. That was the same thing that Jacob was doing. He was blessing Judah. Judah, you shall be strong. You shall be praised by words. You see? So your mouth is not just for eating. You see? It's for communication. For speaking things that are not as though they are. How did God create the heavens and the earth? What did he do? Did, he, did you see the Bible says God had to now start making trees with his hands? No. God began to speak. Everything in this world has, a, has an ear. Everything. How do, you, how do you pray for blind eyes? How do you open deaf ears? How, do, how was Jesus doing it? He was using words. Everything that you need in your life is going to be based on your faith proclamation. How you speak things. Do you value your words? Do you get what I'm saying? You need to value your words. So faith is calling those things that are not as though they were. If there was something, what do you want? Do you want a marriage? Do you want a, a child? You call it forth. You say, I have a child. It's in me. You see? So, calling those things. So, if you go to 18, this is what, this is what, what Abraham did. He says, who against hope, believed in hope, that he might become the father of many nations. So, it's, it's telling us now that it was, it was hopeless for this man to believe. Right? It was hopeless for him to believe and but against hope. What did we say? We say hope is for tomorrow, faith is for now, and love is always. He says, he believed in hope, that he may become the father of many nations, according to that which was spoken. So shall thy seed be. Verse 19. He says, and being not weak in faith, he considered not his own body now dead, when he was about 100 years old. Neither yet the deadness of Sarah's womb. This is now when you are having issues. Because obviously issues will present themselves to you. Circumstances will present. Sickness will present itself. Poverty will prevent itself. But what did Abraham? He says he did not consider. He did not consider his own body. So, you know, when you have weak faith, you consider circumstances. You consider, say, oh, I don't think I have the capital. Oh, I don't think it's going to be done. Because there are circumstances that surround you. You consider them. Says, but he was, he was not weak in faith. He considered not his own body dead. The body was dead. Right? What more do you want? And now dead, when he was about a hundred years old, neither the deadness of... Even if in a situation where Abraham's body was not dead, Sarah still could not produce... She still could not produce because obviously, if even if he was even the vice versa, whether Sarah's womb was not dead, Abraham's body was dead as well. Because when a, a womb of a woman is dead, it means that the ovary cannot re release eggs. So even if Abraham was on fire, there were no eggs to fertilize. So this is a hopeless situation. It's impossible. But he says he did not consider. 
You see, you do not consider circumstances. What are the circumstances? What are those challenges, those impediments for you to succeed? Those are the things that you're not supposed to consider. Because we walk by faith, not by sight. When you are walking by sight, you consider, you look at them, you look at us, like Pastor T says, you know, you look at this worry and you're looking at it and you're observing, oh, I don't think, you know, the financial situation is like this. I don't think jobs we can. But we know that all things are working together for us. For those that believe. You see, he says he considered not. Right? But what was he doing? Can we, what, what, what was he doing? Right? Can we go to verse 20? And this is, he staggered not at the promise of God through unbelief, but was strong in faith in giving glory to God. So we thought, we, did you see that there is weak faith and there is strong faith? Right? So he says, when you want to have strong faith, what do you do? You're giving. Giving glory. What is to give glory? It is to testify. You testify. How do you testify? You testify by your words. Whatever result that you want, you need to give glory to God. Why? Because God has already done it. God has already done it. So you are giving glory. Glory. Father, I thank you. It is done. Right? But he says he was, he staggered not. You, when you stagger is today you believe, today you don't. Like someone who's drunk. You know, they step on this side and they step on this other side. So that's when you stagger. And you're considering circumstances. Today, your faith is high. Tomorrow, your faith is low. Today, your faith is high. Because you are considering the circumstances. But strong faith does not consider. It does not stagger. It doesn't have an unbelief. So, one of the things when you have weak faith, Right? One of the things for if you are weak, the Bible says, let the weak say they are what? It always says you have to do something. The weak have to say, I what? I am strong. Right? Let the poor say they are what? This is, this is the modus operandi of the kingdom. This is what we do. We change the circumstances. When men say there is a casting down, we say there is an uplifting. We always speak the positive. We always speak the results that... God wants us to see. You see? So now when you have weak faith, what do you do to have strong faith? I think when you are weak, someone who goes to the gym tells you that you need to exercise. You need to exercise your faith. So you start believing God for small things. Right? You need to test your faith. Believe God for something. Believe God. Start to say, I'm going to believe God for a hundred runs. Right? Back then, I always say this when I was at in university, when you know that it's around the middle of the month and you don't have food, you know, your resources are, are drying out. I'll start and, you know, you're craving a McDonald's because in Bramfontein, McDonald's was just the heat at that moment. And I'll start to believe God for McDonald's. So what I would then do, and then I, 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 because I wanted McDonald's, I didn't want to cook because obviously it's going to take my time from studying and everything. I would just walk. So obviously when I go to my apartment, I would pass through McDonald's. Right? So I, I said, let, let me just try this. Because if you never try, you'll never know. So it's all about, so you can start even today. It's not too late. It's not too late. So I said, okay, God, even in the Bible, so I was trying to look scriptures. 
God, even in Genesis, what did you say? You even gave them the trees. You told Abraham, of the, one of the first things he did, of these trees you can eat. So it's good for me to what? To eat. Right? So I would walk around and I would, you know, I would see McDonald's. So me and my friend say, dude, let's believe for McDonald's. We'll be praying. You know, McDonald's. You know, we just say, Lord, we receive that McDonald's. We receive. So we, we, we began to, you know, to, to do the work. That's what James says. Say, show me your works without faith. Right? Show me your works. I will show you my works with faith. So we started believing God. So, so at that time we were doing some cell groups in, in ministry. So we would, you know, believe God for McDonald's. And so someday, you know, you'd believe and then ah, the day would just end. Nothing. You know, and then you go to your three minute noodles and then you just are like, ah, it's fine. But tomorrow I'm back. Right? I'm just believing McDonald's. I'm McFist exactly. So we were precise. So me and my friend said, Baba, let's not hinder our prayer. Let's make a prayer of agreement. We want McFist Deluxe. We do not want that 20 rand meal. We want the mama. So the McFist Deluxe. So we would believe. Praying God, you know. You, and sometimes you just close your eyes and you begin to see yourself what? Eating it. And then, once we are just, you know, busy doing ministry, doing evangelism, and then someone says, Brother Tate, you know what? I need to speak to you. There's something that's troubling me. You know, this, this girl, you know, relate, obviously at university, it's all about relationships. Yeah. Nothing too deep, you know. So it's about relationships. You know, there's this girl, you know, we've been dating. You know what? In actual faith, let me take you for lunch. Where do you want to go? Said, ah, you know what? I wanted to go by McDonald's. You know, I was going to pass by. Say, okay, let's go. She says, okay, but I need to bring my friend. And then we'll go together. Okay, wh what do you want? I'm fit. And the guy will say, I, I, I feel like a McFist. It's a new one. Let's try this out. And then we what? We order McFist. And this person doesn't even know that, you know, <laughs> he's the miracle that we've been waiting for. And then we dine into McFist. And then, you know, our faith was, was encouraged. You see, God loves us. So when you make a little step of faith, he will help you towards that. You see? And we, we made it. And then, you know, we were encouraged. Say this thing works. This thing works. And then we'll say, okay, let's try it again. Let's try it again. And then we said, okay. And then we began to see people. So sometimes they said, okay, let's not do McDonald's. Let's just do food randomly. Someone would literally, I remember that week, we were meditating on, on, on Proverbs 3, verse 4. It says, so, so shall you find favor and good understanding in the eyesight of men and God. I, I remember that week, we literally had people at our doorstep with food packs. Not to say we were begging. They were just willing. You know, I just thought of you guys. I just, it was just random. Because we wanted to experience the miracle of God. Where God can sustain you. It is possible for God to sustain you. It's possible for God to, to use people to bless you. So we started with small things and then we said, let's look for money. Right? Because obviously faith, faith is a principle. It's a law. God, God does not owe any man anything. And he's not a liar. God is faithful. That's who he is. He's a faithful God. If you continue to believe on God, God will never make you ashamed. Amen. You always, that's why he says, then my head shall be lifted above my enemies. He says, you anoint my head with oil. He says, you prepare a table in the presence of my enemies. That's what he does. 
He wants to make us shine. Let's try him out. I know sometimes you might, you might have believed something for, from God and it doesn't go through. No, don't have that attitude. I know the Bible says hope deferred makes the heart sick. But no, move away from that. Try again. The Bible says, what does a righteous man? He falls how many times? Seven times, but he rises again. So don't feel like, you know, I don't think this faith thing works. I'm a practical person. No, faith works. Right. So, we began to believe um, God for, 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 for greater things. And then, you know, continually, God continued to, you know, to, to bless us. Right. So, Abraham was, 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 was amazing. Because when things were tough, I, was, I wanted to picture what was going through his head. And the Bible is clear that he was strong in faith and was giving glory to God. And we know that when you testify, you talk of the goodness of God. You talk of the faithfulness of God. That's what we know if you read in, in Revelation. It says they overcame him. They, that accuser of the brethren. It says they overcame him by what? By the word of their testimony. By the blood of the lamp and the word of their testimony. So, we always have things to testify. Even the small things to wake up today, it's a testimony. Go to the hospitals. If you take a visit to the hospitals, that's where you see that your life is precious. Some people are willing to exchange the life that you have. Some people couldn't make it today. And you say you don't have anything to testify. No. You have the life. To, to be living is a testimony enough. Many people wanted to make it in 2017. They couldn't. But by your grace, by his grace, you're still alive. Amen. So you can testify the little things. Count the things that God has blessed you. So those are the things now. When you look now, and then you, you, you use them to believe for bigger things. God, you came through for me in this time. I'm now believing you. If you're the same God who came through for me, you're the same God that is going to come through for me. That's how you encourage yourself. With adding more, more testimonies. Because no one will encourage you. You see? So it's when you go to the word and also your personal experience. That's why I said faith works by love. By your relationship. Because Abraham was a friend of God. He had a relationship with God. So it's important for us to spend time with God. So God will give you the, the way to go. When you don't have the way without, spend time in prayer. You pray, you pray. You hear God. God will speak to you. Do this. You see? That's our faith. So when you now walk, you walk based from a point of instruction. You're not just doing it blindly, but you know that the Lord has spoken to you and you're going to go in a certain way. And then you know by confidence because I know what the God spoke to me. Do you get what I'm saying? That's how your faith works. So now we're going to look some more about, about Abraham. You know, this, this is the, 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 the part that, that, that blew my mind. So we, we know obviously the story of Abraham that he... Um, was one point in time told by God that he should sacrifice his only son. Right? And then you know the story, he takes the, the, the son, he takes the wood, the fire, and then he goes up the mountain. Obviously, I don't think he told his wife. There was no way Sarah was going to allow that to happen. Must be, you must be smoking something. There's no way you're going to um, take the only son, the son of the promise. And it's amazing how Isaac and Jesus, they are like, they, they mirror each other. Because both of them were not born by a husband's will. 
Because Abraham could not have done it. Sarah could not have done it. The same way Jesus. Jesus was the son of the Holy Ghost. Son of the promise. And then this son, who is not born by biological will, is now being taken to the mountain. So they go up to the mountain. And then he has a knife. Obviously they would use lamp, sheep, it's not there. So Isaac is the sacrifice. So I was thinking in my head, how is it possible that what was going through Abraham's mind? So you know the story when he was about to lay, the angel of the Lord appeared to him, said don't lay a finger on that child. The Lord has already found a ram in the thickets, caught in the thickets and then a ram was came and then he sacrificed. And then God said to him, I know that you love me. Because according to God, Abraham, before he was going, God told him that instruction to go to the mountain. According to Abraham, he had already sacrificed the son. So it was not at the point of cutting the knife, cutting the, the child. No, he had already sacrificed before he go up to the mountain. That's why God said, because I was saying, but how can you say, I know he loved He didn't do it. You came into the sea. You could, he could have stopped. You could have stopped him from doing, or he could have freezed or something. But God said, I know you loved him. Because God, what does God look at? The heart. That's why we give. We give from the heart. That's why God said, I know you love me. Because he had already sacrificed. How, and it's amazing how it reminded God of what he did with Jesus. Because God also took his only son. No wonder why God called him his friend. That's why, you know, when you be, have that relationship with God, God cannot do anything without consulting you. Remember, he wanted to destroy Sodom and Gomorrah. What did he say? He says, how can I do this thing without consult? How can God say, the God of heaven, he says, how can I do this without speaking to Abraham? And they began to reason with God. If 50 people are saved, God, will you destroy? No. And he went until they were negotiating. What a relationship. Right? So, and now I was thinking also that Abraham had already sacrificed Isaac. Let's go to Hebrews 11 verse 19. Accounting that God was able. So let's go to verse 18. Let's just go to verse 18. Of whom it was said that Isaac shall thy seed be called. Right? Verse 19. Accounting that God was able to raise him up even from the dead from whence he received him in a figure. So this was the mindset of, of Abraham. What a mindset. So he knew that if I sacrifice the son, God can still raise him up from the dead. You see that? It's amazing, eh? He believed. So, okay, he, he already sacrificed him, son, and he knew that even if I, if I cut him, God can raise him up. But God had never resurrected people before. God had never done it. How did he know? God had never done it. The first resurrection we see, we see it in the prophets of Elijah and Elisha, when they were raising the, 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 the daughter of a, of a widow. He'd never seen it before. Faith believes in all things. I say it's a mindset. Where you trust dependency, 100% dependency on God. Where you say, I perish, I perish. 
but I will trust in the name of the Lord. Say some trust in horses, some trust in chariots. We will trust in the Lord. He says he was able to raise him up from the dead. He was the first man to believe about resurrection. Abraham. It, 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 it moved me. So what situation do you have that you think is dead? In your life. That you think this thing is literally dead. This is the mindset that, that Abraham. That situation, that business, those finances, that marriage, that sickness that you think this thing has gone over. God is able to raise it up from the dead. He says, Jesus says, I'm the resurrection and I'm the life. So any situation in your life, how do you do it? You call those things that are not as though they are. You see? So everything in this world has an ear to hear. That's why it says every knee, at the mention of Jesus, it says every what? Knee shall bow. So everything has an ear. If these trees, God was calling them, they, they, they had to come, they had to spring forth. The animals had to come because God was calling them. So when your faith begins to work, which you feel, maybe you feel like you're at a point where your faith is low, what do you do? We start with the small exercises. You can believe God. God, I'm believing for 100 runs. And then when 100 runs come, Lord, let's, let's try. And when you get 100 runs, don't forget to tithe. Amen. Be faithful. God, let me believe God for the next level. Amen. Can we stand up on our feet?